In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. We are easily distracted. Every buzz or chime on our watches or our phone pleads with us for our attention. News, politics, sports, our families, a myriad of other things constantly running through our minds, vying for our consideration. Some of those things are truly important. Many others, not so much. The ease at which our heads and our minds are turned reminds me of the dog in the movie Up, who is constantly squirreled. Even the opening of our Eucharistic liturgy bids acknowledgement to this and our call it for purity when we ask God as we start our worship to cleanse the thoughts of our hearts so that we might even for an hour focus our attention and love on God. Of course, if Christ is truly the Lord of our lives, then we need to be aware of how we are focusing on Him not just in an hour of worship, but throughout the week. Following Jesus isn't easy, it's horrible. And it never has been. In our gospel today, we see a variety of responses that people had to Jesus, including many who expressed a desire to follow him. And as we look through this passage, you and I have the opportunity to see ourselves in one or more of these people. And to see what Jesus actually desires of them. In what ways are we distracted, and in what ways, and what is it that we are being distracted from? Our Gospel reading starts in the 51st verse of the ninth chapter of Luke, and it's important context to note that earlier in the ninth chapter, Jesus has, on two different occasions, told his disciples that he would be betrayed into the hands of men and be killed. And we also learn along the way that where that will happen is Jerusalem. So as we begin our passage and we hear Luke tell us that Jesus has steadfastly set his face on Jerusalem, we know where he is going and that he is going to die. But he is steadfast about it and he will not be distracted from that goal, even if everyone else is. As the journey begins, Jesus chooses to go through Samaria and sends a group of people ahead of him into a Samaritan village to receive him, to prepare a place, maybe to find a place to sleep for the night. The Samaritans are religiously akin to the Jews, but have significant disagreements with them, particularly about where the place of worship should be. And they are particularly not thrilled with the idea of Jerusalem, which is in the Jewish territory, being the center of religious worship. They have different expectations for what the Messiah is and should be about. And so when people come to prepare a place for Jesus, they see that he is not stopping there, but going on to Jerusalem, and they want nothing to do with it. So they won't welcome him. The disciples, when they hear about this rejection of the Samaritans, James and John in particular live up to their name as the sons of thunder as they storm up to Jesus 
and ask for permission to call down fire from heaven to take them out. One group is distracted with squirrel. They're distracted because Jesus isn't doing what they think he should. The other is distracted by the people who reject Jesus and want to do away with him. Both are distracted. You and I can be similarly distracted. We can seek to desire God or the Bible to be dogmatic about an issue that it isn't, or else we can desire to expose and get rid of from the Bible something that is very clear. On the other hand, we can get angry with people who want to do those things. Both are distractions and not what Jesus is about. Jesus tells us quite clearly that his mission is to save lives, not to destroy them even saving the lives of the people who don't understand or receive it. The passage doesn't linger there. As the journey toward Jerusalem continues, we encounter a man who says, I will go whithersoever you go, Jesus. I'm in. I'm all in. I'm going to do it. Well, at least until Jesus tells him that following him can mean to lead, to lead a life of rejection and discomfort. Jesus says, foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but I don't have anywhere to lay my head. Are you willing to do away with your earthly comforts and be homeless for me? Are you willing to go and do things that might be uncomfortable? The lack of a response by the supposed or desired, desirous disciple is commonly understood to suggest that maybe he wasn't really all in after all that he was distracted by the cares of life and the desire for comfort and stability. There are times in your life and mine when God will ask us to be uncomfortable in order to follow him. He might ask you to serve in a ministry at which you don't feel qualified. Will you be distracted? Will you set your face on Jesus? The journey continues and we see two final scenes that are similar of two different disciples that express a desire and a willingness to follow Jesus, but only after taking care of something else first. The first desires to wait until after he buries his father, which sounds very reasonable. What's likely going on here, and it's what was Jewish custom at the time, is that this is probably not an initial burial, but a second one. Someone who had died would be laid into a tomb, and over the course of a year, as everything decomposes and they're left down to bones. At the year mark or so, the tomb would be re-entered, the bones collected and put into an ossuary, a little box, to contain the bones. This is probably a secondary, meaning this disciple is willing to follow, but only maybe after a matter of weeks or even months, after he had done what he felt was his responsibility. The second would-be disciple simply wants to go and say their goodbyes to the people in their home. Quite honestly, both of these sound like pretty reasonable requests. But Jesus has a very clear focus. He has set his mind and face toward Jerusalem, and he calls his disciples to share a focus on the kingdom of God. Because if Jesus is Lord and the kingdom is at hand, those of us who follow him should align our priorities his. He is king. 
Specifically, Jesus tells one disciple that he should be going and doing the work of preaching the kingdom of God, preaching the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Many things distract us. And what we are distracted from is telling people the good news of Jesus. Well, even that might sound daunting, especially if you're an introvert. What, what do you mean, share the, the, the gospel? I'm, I'm scared. I'm, I'm not sure what I would say. Well, here's a short summary. God created everything and charged humanity to steward his creation and to be in fellowship with him. Two, we all sin in our relationships with God and each other and creation are broken. Three, no amount of doing good things can remove our sin, restore our relationships, or save us from death. Four, Christ took on humanity to live a life in perfect obedience and fulfillment of the law to do what you and I can't. Five, through Christ's life, death, and resurrection, God offers forgiveness and the restoration of relationships to all people. Usually short, short, short version. God made it all. We're broken. We can't fix ourselves. God offers everything back to us free. That's the gospel in a nutshell. That's what we are to be about. Saving lives, not destroying them. Redeeming them. Communicating God's message of love and hope to a world that desperately needs it. God offers us grace with a sincere hope that we will share that grace with others and that the gospel will become the primary motivator for everything that we do. That it will inform the way we work, the way we parent, the way we shop, the way we treat other people, and everything else about us. So may God deliver us from the squirrels and distractions of our life. May he lead us to a life that is centered on the gospel. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.